0: all right we want to greet everyone in the name of the lord jesus christ we're grateful to everyone that's here today and we look forward to sharing with you the things that the lord have laid on my heart to share all right so if you have your bibles now let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of second samuel uh today we're going to look at a few things. My prayers is that the Lord will say something to us that will help us uh, to uh, grow in him and to be who He's called us to be. So is everybody there? The seventh chapter of the book of second Samuel, we're going to start reading at verse one. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies that the king said unto Nathan, the prophet, see now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in thine heart. For the Lord is with thee. Does everybody see that now? I think that's very interesting. That verse 1 lets us know (laughs) that when King David was done in his mind with all of his fighting and he had, what was he doing? He was resting. Then he could focus on the things of God. Does everybody see that? that it wasn't until he sat down somewhere that he realized i'm living in a house a nice house and the ark of god is in curtains it's something so in other words he realized that something was off about that but he, that didn't come to him until he sat down somewhere <laughs> until he rested does everybody understand that And then here's the thing. uh, Look at what it says there in verse seven. And the Lord had given him rest. Now, that lets us know that we can't rest on our own. That God has to give us rest. Does everybody see that? And when God gives us that rest, then we can see things uh, that ought to be done that need to be done. Does everybody see that so far? And so he saw and he didn't think it was right that he was living in a nice palace. And that the ark of God, which represented the presence and power of God, was in curtains. Does everybody see? All right, verse 3. And Nathan said to the king, go and do, go do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. Isn't that something now? Who was this Nathan? He was a prophet. And let me make this clear. He's speaking from his own mind. he's telling him go and do go and do it whatever's in your heart go do it because god is with you but look at what that says verse four and it came to pass that night that the word of the lord came unto nathan (laughs) does everybody understand that and this is the reason why when people call me with stuff i don't say nothing let me let let me pray about it I can tell you what's on my mind now, but that don't mean it's God. Let me pray about it. And some people get offended because I ain't going to tell them what they want to hear right now. (laughs) But you see what just took place with Nathan? (laughs) He spoke ahead of time. Go and do it because God is with you. And that night God had to correct him look what it says the word of the Lord came unto Nathan saying go and tell my servant David thus said the Lord that shall thou build me a house for me to dwell in whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt until this day but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle in the all places in all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me in house of cedar? Now, therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus said the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee, whithersoever thou winnest and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight and have made thee a great name like unto the name of great men that are in the earth everybody see that So let me just stop here you see who made David a great name and here we are some four thousand years later just about still talking about him that man had a great name that's because God made him a great name now here's what we have to understand Uh, when we stop trying to make ourselves a reputation and stop trying to make ourselves a great name then God might be able to do something for us does everybody understand that God will not you will not have a great name doing the work of God trying to promote yourself whatever David was doing it wasn't because he was trying to make himself a great name he was just obeying God in his mind and God will take care of the rest does everybody understand that so david wasn't concerned with reputation or what people thought about him i'm gonna just do what i'm told to do i do what i feel like the lord is laying on my heart now if if i'm known in history fine if i'm not fine i don't it don't matter to me as long as god knows me see that all right so let's go and keep reading now verse 10 moreover i will appoint a place for my people israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more Neither shall the children of Israel wicked, of, wicked, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. Everybody see that? And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seat after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Does everybody see that? Now that's all throughout God's word. If we disobey, we'll be chasing. Thank God for that <laughs> to be brought back into where we're supposed to be brought back into. God is not being mean when he's chasing people. The chastisement ain't supposed to last two and three and four and five years. It only lasts as long as you want it to last. <laughs> Does everybody understand that uh? i remember when i was growing up and we would be getting whipped whipped you know that's a word you don't hear today people don't like that term whipped but we were getting whipped <laughs> and you know we wanted that woman to be over fast and we learned not to fight it i'ma stand still I, you know my mother she had this thing she would hit us when we first started getting whipping she'd hit us and we'd run around a room and make a you know just you know how people do and when we got done with all of that, come on back. Let me get me you some more, see. Now you're out of breath and tired catching a whipping. <laughs> it lasted until we learned to sit still and take it. When we learned to stop fighting against it. When we learned to stop hollering. Does everybody understand that? And so that, that's the way God is. He don't whip people for nothing. If He chastises you, it's because he's trying to get you back in line. The whipping will stop when you get back in line. <laughs> all right so look at what he says verse 15 but my mercy shall not depart away from him as i took it from saul whom i put away before thee. does everybody see that so you know it's possible for the mercy of god to depart from you do you know after the lord you want me to tell you when the mercy of god have departed from you when you could do things contrary to his word and god don't say nothing about it God told Saul through the mouth of Samuel, the kingdom is rent from you and given to somebody that's better than you. From that day forward, God didn't have anything to say to Saul. Saul lived another 15 or 16 years, still king, still with the crown on his head, still sitting on his throne, still with the scepter in his hand as king and no God to correct him. The mercy, mercy was correction when you messed up <laughs> does everybody understand that? Uh, that see so let's not let's not despise the chastisement of god does everybody understand that god don't it, it, that's not the relationship that he want to have with people to just te- to just chastise people if he's chastising you, it's because you've done something wrong and he's trying to get your attention about it and trying to keep you from doing something wrong does everybody understand that but God don't just walk through with a switch and, and just be like, well, you know, I ain't whipped you in a while. Come on, let me, let's, let's practice. If God is chastising you, it's because right now you are doing something that's contrary and he's trying to save your soul. Does everybody understand that? He, he's not hateful. You see that? And so that's something that we have to think about all right so verse 16 and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee thy throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all this vision so did nathan speak unto david does everybody see that now now you pay attention to the detail there you want a fast word from god Uh, well let me just put it this way you want a fast word go yeah go ahead that's what Nathan said go, go ahead go ahead on you you all right you gonna be all right that's what David wanted to hear but if you want details you might have to wait and I, if I know God I know you're not gonna hurry him <laughs> does everybody understand that I've prayed for stuff and 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 I might not get the answer for six months uh, for a year and the lord himself might have to remind me you remember you prayed about this this is what this is your answer here does everybody understand that so we we can't we can't rush the words of god you see and sometimes when we by the time we come to god we're ready to already uh ready to pull our hair out about it and because we done tried everything else and so now we want a fast answer from god and what we have to know is god don't work for us <laughs> he can care less about how impatient you are about him moving he don't live in time to begin with so if he let you live a thousand years you, you see you going you getting your answer the next day anyway <laughs> does everybody understand that so, so we need to learn to think like god he'll let us know before it's too late does everybody understand that <laughs> So we see the grace of God and the mercy of God in this situation where David, in his heart, he really want to build God a house. And God basically let him know, all these years I've been with y'all, since y'all have come out of Egypt, I haven't asked anybody, have I asked anybody to build me a house? That's because I really don't want one. And we see another scripture where he says that the that heaven in his, is his throne and the earth is his footstool. What house will you build me? How are you going to build me a little ant trap down there for me to dwell in? When my feet rest on the whole earth. Amen. He was trying to get David to see you thinking cornerly. I move with the people. I, my, you're my house. Does everybody understand that? I live in the hearts of men. I can do some change there. But I can't change nobody in this building here. Does everybody understand it? You build me this building here and expect me to sit up here on this platform and y'all go home. What what are y'all going home to? How y'all going to live and how you going to act if I'm not able to live on the inside of you? You're my house. And so in here, you see god still in his mercy you'll understand this more as we move into this lesson he comforts david he tells him no no you're not going to build me a house then he comforts him and tell him but i'm gonna build you one does everybody see that now you see what happens when we get some rest and we sit down somewhere and we start actually thinking about somebody other than (laughs) ourselves. God will actually, if we give our thoughts over to God and, and ask God, God, what can I do for you? He might tell us something he can, we can do for him. But then he'll say, but you know what I'm going to do for you since you're asking about what you could do for me? Does everybody understand that? So here we see a sad, in David's mind, a sad situation. And you know, that's as far as God goes with this. That's as far as he goes with this. Now. We want you all to keep up with the with the timeline of this. Here, David ask God in the seventh chapter of the book of second Samuel David asks God if I if he could build him a house and and the Lord tells him no in right along these lines in the 22nd chapter book of the book of first chronicles we won't turn there but as David is talking to his son Solomon and david is telling you know solomon uh god told me no i couldn't build him a house but you you you're the one that's going to build him a house david goes more into detail about the why he couldn't build a house and god told uh uh, david in the same conversation that he was a man of war and because he was uh, um, basically, a killer, you know, fighting the wars of God, and when well, and God called him a bloody man, you, you, you killed people, even on my behalf. So, because your hands have shed blood, you cannot build me a house. Now, this is what David is telling Solomon that God spoke to him in this same conversation. Now you understand why it's important to rightly divide the word of truth. We, we, we don't we don't read that here but see you you read another version of it (laughs) in the 22nd chapter of the book of first chronicles you'll see more details God told him you're a man of war now let me ask this question is God a forgiving God I say is he a forgiving God so why couldn't he forgive the bloodshed why couldn't he forgive the bloodshed again pay attention to the timeline does everybody understand that right now what chapter are we in what chapter now the seventh chapter of what second samuel isn't that right so at this moment god is telling him you are a man that shed blood that's that's all he tells him I'm going to build you a house. Your name is going to be great, but no, you can't build me a house because you're a man that shed blood. Isn't that right? Is God a forgiving God. So why couldn't he forgive him for the past of him? Isn't that what it appears to be? Like, why are you holding his past against him? Isn't that right? Let's go to, let's turn four chapters over now. Is everybody there? Do y'all know what's in that chapter there? Let's start reading at verse 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged the rabbi. But David tarried, David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening time that David arose, from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself and the woman was very beautiful to look upon and David sent and inquired after the woman and one said is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam the wife of Uriah the Hittite and David sent messengers and took her and she came in unto him and he lay with her for she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house do I need to read any further? Y'all know the story. So fast forward, so if you rewind, God tells David, You can't build me a house, because your hands have shed blood. Now again, it's God a forgiven God. So what happened after this? He had Uriah killed. He didn't tell him that in the 7th chapter of the book of 2 Samuel. So what was the issue? God knew that he wasn't finished. Does everybody understand that? (laughs) David had did all of these great exploits for God. He fought the wars of God and then when he want to do this great thing for God God tells him no now David could have walked around depressed or well, you why it's got to be my son why can't it be me why do I get to do this for you listen when God tell you no he knows it's because you're not finished with something Now, I'm going to tell you (laughs) what part of the problem was. David had not been yet broken and crushed. He thought he was in a place that he was not. He thought he was worthy of building God a house. Does everybody understand that? He's looking at his past track record. Look at all of this stuff, God, that I've done for you. But you know what God was looking at? Looking at that heart. But look at what you're going to do in the future, David. I'm not going to say anything to you about it. But look at what you're going to do. Just four chapters later, you're going to have a man killed because you can't trick him into thinking that your baby is his. (laughs) Isn't that something now? So that lets us know, you know, we can get so, so far down the road with God. We've been living for him for years. Listen, that's not the same thing. You can make up your mind and live for God. But that does living for God does not equal being broken and crushed. Does everybody understand that? And, and just for the sake of time, one of the first times we see King David is in the first in first samuel the 17th chapter and what we see is his daddy telling him as a little boy go take your go see how your brothers are doing in this war against the philistines and bring them some food so david went and did that but then as he's doing that he hear somebody cursing god isn't that right Now I I just want to share this with you all you know and and my prayers is that you really really will hear this today. He hears a man cursing God and defying the armies of God and what he does he takes it personal. Let me ask you this did God tell him to take it personal? do you know you don't read anywhere now is everybody here now you don't read anywhere what god told him to fight goliath do you read that anywhere (laughs) do you know there were people in the bible god would send angels to strike them dead do you know when if god would have got tired of goliath he'd have killed him himself do you not know that God used the Philistines to chastise the children of Israel? David took that upon himself. But here was the thing. God allowed it because he didn't want the Philistine to kill David. Let me go ahead and, and, and wipe him out for you and give you strength w- with your slingshot. But I'm going to tell you this. Do you know David being brash like that is what started this ball to rolling for Saul to get jealous and started this ball to rolling for for Saul to chase David for the next 15 years you pay close attention to that now God was with David when he killed Goliath because God had a bigger plan for David you need to be king so I'm gonna go ahead and do I'm gonna go and fight this one for you but you read later on in David's, in David's military career, he was almost killed by a giant. Um, another man had to come along and save his life. And eventually the people had to tell him, David, you need to sit down somewhere. What are we going to do if they kill you? If they put out the light of Israel, you need to sit down. David was a man of war because he made himself a man of war. does everybody understand that what was it he hadn't been broken yet he he allowed his zeal for god to override his wisdom in god (laughs) i'm young i'm spunk just like a lot of us in here we're young we 20 years old 30 years old we think we can pick this whole church up young and spunky i can do whatever i want to do but you know what In in our old age, God gives us wisdom because we begin to lose a little bit of our strength, and we begin to think of how we can do things better. I tell my boys when they come to the house to help me around the house. I tell them use your legs. When you lifting up stuff, yeah, you 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 young and cocky now, and you can pick up a whole house with your back. But in twenty more years, you're gonna pay for it. Use your legs. Pay attention to your physics class. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, go back to that chapter chapter about levers. You, you'll learn real quick to get you, get you a long pipe somewhere and get you a piece of, of wood to, 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 to lift stuff up that way. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so David was just like a y- lot of young men, young and brash. And so in the times where God was saving his life, it was because of his own brashness. It wasn't because he was just, you know, God was charging him up. But his problem was he hadn't been broken yet. And so he's looking at all of these things. Think, I, I want you to think about something. He's looking back. You can read half of his psalms and, and he's talking about how God have delivered him. From his enemies, but listen, let me make this clear. Do you know if you don't get yourself in junk, God ain't got to deliver you? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? A lot of our testimonies is because of our own junk, <laughs> not stuff that God have called for. <laughs> our own junk because we're young, we brash. I got strength. I can get into this. I can do this. But you see nowhere in the Bible does it says that God commanded David to fight Goliath. God didn't command him to go into all these different wars. Does everybody understand that? He started the ball to rolling when he jumped out. Does everybody understand that? We admire him for his faith. But I'm telling you this, with that faith you need to have some wisdom. All what will happen, you'll be just like David. You'll be getting yourself into a lot of situations God did not call for. or you'll be thankful when he gets you out of them, when he gets you out of them. <laughs> but David spent a lot of time paying for that war he brought to Goliath. Does everybody understand that? is everybody following me so far let's go real briefly let's go to the 51st number of psalms Is everybody there? Now, you know it's something. Now you know how it all went down, you know, between him and Bathsheba. He got her pregnant. He was told that this woman was married. He got her pregnant. Have any of you ever thought you were going to do something for God, or you thought you were worthy of something and you needed to be somewhere you needed to be? You thought you were in a place? And then when you heard a note from God or you, you know, things didn't work out, you thought, well, your heart was broken about it. And then later on, you find yourself in some junk and then you realize, oh, okay, so now I see why God blocked this. I wasn't ready like I thought I was. And so here is King David after he done slept with Bathsheba, after he done got up pregnant, and after he done had the Bathsheba's husband killed. Now he's realizing I see now, God, why I got the no from you. I see now why you didn't let me go ahead and do what it was I had in my heart to do for you. You see that? He's broken now. And I'm going to tell you something. You know what it takes to be broken? Realizing where you are and acknowledging that. Does everybody understand that? Let's start reading at verse one. It says, "Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of Thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions." Everybody see that? This was written after he asked the Lord to build him a house. Now he's asking God, "Blot out my transgressions." If he'd knew the transgressions were there, he wouldn't have asked God to build him a house. But see how a young, cocky, proud selves we do a couple of things for god and we think we are ready to take this world and 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 god is so so loving he might not even tell you you know you you still got a whole lot of junk in you but i'm telling you he's not a respect of persons if he's telling you no there's a reason for it you're not ready like you think you are you, you're, you're still a killer. You're still a man of war. If I let you build me a house, your enemies will come in here and tear it down. It'll be destroyed. All of your work will be in vain. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, that's, that's what people are now. You'll you spend a whole bunch of time trying to force God's hand to do something for him or to do whatever it is you think you're ready to do for God. And then God will tear it down. You're not ready. Does everybody understand that? All right, verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Does everybody see that? Sound like a broken man, don't he? Yeah, just a few years ago, I was ready to build you a house. And, and now I know I'm not even saved. <laughs> you, you couldn't have told me that a few years ago. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Look at what verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Everybody see that? Do you know what is, why he was saying that, my sin is ever before me? Because by this time, he has two dead sons. Actually, three, including the one that he had with Bathsheba that was born to that adulterous affair. He's looking in the eyes of his wife bathsheba and he could see no matter how many children i give this woman she's not going to be able to get over that first one my sin is ever before me now i know where i am everybody see that now look at what this says against thee and thee only have i sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Does everybody see that? Here is David in his old age. Now, I I have to say this, all these things that David is writing in this psalm here, this is his, this is a brand new epiphany to him. Before then, you couldn't told you couldn't have told him he was shaping in iniquity. You, you couldn't told him uh, does that. Does everybody understand that? You you see how he's going back. Look at what he says, verse five. Behold, I was shaping in in other words conceived in iniquity. If you one of those people, you don't think your life went wrong until you turn fifteen, you need to read this scripture again. If you don't get back to the place where you were shaped in iniquity, iniquity, you were born with it, (laughs) you're going to miss it. Uh, You know, I remember my old pastor, Reverend Beasley. He was talking about this very thing. And he said, children, come here with the devil. You know, and I imagine Reverend Beasley, I think he was born around 1920. And he talked about how, he said, little babies, their mothers will be breastfeeding them and they'll bite on their mother's breast. And then nothing but the devil. You literally just about biting the hand that feeds you. Nothing but the devil. (laughs) If we don't come to that conclusion that we were the devil before we knew how to spell it. Does everybody understand that? And David in his old age is having this epiphany. I've been wrong and I didn't know it. I thought out, but see, that was because he was not broken in trust. He was going off of his own zeal. I got a zeal for God. I kill people for God. Y'all better back up. And you know, God let him go through with all that arrogance, with all that brashness. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and fight Goliath. Yeah, go ahead and do this. Go ahead and do that. But when it's all said and done, your work's going to testify of who you are. You're going to know you weren't ready to build me a house. Does everybody understand that? And it's not because you were a man of war, but because you still are and don't know it. You still brash. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Time will tell. Does everybody understand that? the day will come where you will come and and write this chapter here what we're reading now and then I'll be able to do something for you does everybody see that let's go and keep reading verse 5 behold I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me behold thou desirest truth in what the inward parts does everybody see that So all this time, he had not been living in truth from from the inside. On the outside, he appeared to be this great warrior for God. But on the inside, he was a murderer. He was an adulterer. And because it wasn't being displayed on a regular basis, he thought he was ready for something that he was not ready for listen it ain't what you manage to withhold people from seeing (laughs) does everybody understand that it is not about you managing sin people learn to manage sin instead of asking God to wipe them clean from it and David had gotten used to that oh he was a good boy he was good Does everybody understand that you don't hardly ever read about David sinning until you read about him on that rooftop looking down at another man's wife up until that point he was a good child picked of God does everybody understand that in other words and that was the deception he thought well because I have managed sin thus far I must be doing pretty good but God says, I, I didn't come for you to have good sin management skills. I come to clean you from them. Yeah. You ain't got to manage what's not in your life. And so when I hear people talk about that, well, I'm struggling with sin. and I'm still struggling with this. That lets me know you ain't gave it to God. Does everybody understand that? If I picked up this, this podium here and gave it to, jo- and give it to Joshua, I'm no longer struggling with it. And so that's God's desire. Take upon, does everybody understand what his word says now? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in spirit. My yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. His yoke and his burden. But sin is not his yoke. (laughs) That's the devil's yoke. And if you're still struggling with it, you see that, it's because you have not given that over to God yet. Does everybody see that? And I'm telling you, we have to know the difference. We need to get away from what all we think we're ready to do for God. We need to ask the Lord, Lord, am I ready to be used yet? I don't want to get down the line and, and bring a reproach upon your name because I thought I was ready for something that I was not. That's what I, I watched, you know, for years I worked for a Christian TV station and, and I would see the same thing, uh, you know, these Christian TV networks, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, all they take is for somebody famous to get saved and then they parade them in on TV tell us your testimony how many tackles did you make was God with you on that all it takes is for some man to be charismatic and speak eloquently we're going to parade you and make you a superstar in this God business and then later on we hear about him in some big scandal because man was promoting them and not God they were not ready does anybody see that now but you know when, when god promotes us can't nobody sit us down <laughs> does everybody understand that and sometimes we think we read it it's better to just lay in the cut somewhere let me stay in the back just in case god's not finished working on me i tell you what i'd rather god push me in the behind and put get on up there it's me telling you to do it go ahead you're gonna have to push me up there i ain't gonna push myself up there Because if you push me, I know grace is there to keep me there. (laughs) But if I'm promoting myself, I know I ain't got no grace. And the devil going to come and chop whatever he see off. So this is what happened to King David. God used that same prophet, Nathan, to correct him. You are that man, David. Does everybody see that? You thought you were ready to build him a house. And had me going along with the foolishness. Look at what it says now. Verse 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Does everybody see that? You know what that means? God, I, I don't care about what I look like on the outside because really, that's what a lot of people are. What do I, how do I appear to people on the outside? And a lot of times, people's truth on the outside is a whole completely different story than what's on the inside. But again, time will tell. Does everybody understand that? So this says, (laughs) you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Does everybody see that? We have to really, really, really want to change. Not just change how we appear to people, but change how we appear to God. Lord, am I upright before you? Forget about everybody else. And am I doing what you want me to do? Am, am I on the inside, Lord? Is it something, you know, I had a little attitude when somebody told me to do something the other day. I know that ain't right. Every time I see this certain sister or this certain brother, I just something on the inside of me raise up. I know that's not right. God don't care about how you, you manage to, to, to shake, care, care enough about people to shake everybody's hand. What's on the inside of you? He don't care about how good of an actor or actress you've become. What's on the inside? That's what he want to change. Because if you, if you don't let him get to that inside, the devil is going to expose you that's what happened to king david god didn't come sit down and talk with him and say you know king i I believe you still got some adultery in you. you you still a murderer god didn't say any of that we have to bring our junk before god you think bathsheba was the only woman he was lusting after does everybody understand that we read a story about a man he came across who was wicked and as soon as God killed a man, David took his wife. You think there wasn't some lustering going on before then? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? But you know what? He was ignoring the signs. God ain't saying nothing to me about it, so I must be okay. We have to examine ourselves. Does everybody understand that? The Bible says if you judge yourself you will not be judged you have to judge yourself as believers that ought to be our everyday practice look at what he says there verse 7 purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou has broken may rejoice everybody see that the bone he's talking about his bones and he's telling god you've broken it but it helped me to get to that place where i rejoice everybody understand that Does everybody see that now verse nine hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities create in me what a clean heart does everybody see that So you have to know in the seventh chapter of second samuel it, he thought he had a clean heart he thought he was right before god and you know that's a lot of people they pray about stuff they pray for something god tell them no or god put a halt to it or, or don't let them don't let it go forward and then they get bitter against god why because they think they're in a place where they're not that's, it's easy to think we're doing good for god it's easy to think we're getting somewhere, especially when we look back at all the junk we think we done got rid of. It had been years since David killed somebody. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? I, I I'll say this: it, It's been years since the man you're looking at now fornicated. But uh, but I, I I say this: The devil's still the devil. And I still prefer to lean on God for my strength. Not to think that I've graduated from somewhere. All it would take is for God to turn his back on me and I'll be right back in the same junk he delivered me out of. So I'm going to act like i got some sense and lean on him. God, I need you. I know within me, there ain't no good thing in this flesh. So ain't no use in me leaning on it, thinking I'm getting somewhere. I have to lean on you. You're the keeper. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Because I'm telling you, we can get to the place where we get arrogant because we ain't done something in years. And, and God and his mercy will let us fall right back into it see that so you you, you need me now okay, you got some sense now okay come on let's wipe yourself just wipe your little nose come on i forgive you i but i've been knowing it was there <laughs> and so here's david with his pity party god i'm scum yeah you right I, I knew that when you asked me if you could build a house for me aren't you glad i let you see that let's go and keep reading now look at what he says verse 10 create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me does everybody see that why did he need a clean heart so you you could surmise that up until this point he did not have a clean heart up until this point he did not have a right spirit and listen there are some things in God's plan, that's more sovereign than your own will. There are some things God will use you to do, not because you're so good. And if you're not mistaken, if if you make you can make the mistake of thinking, well, God is using me, so I must be good. I must be getting somewhere in him. But God will say, I wasn't thinking about you. It's about the other 30 people that's, that... This wasn't about you. <laughs> and my question is this: God, when I get done preaching and folks go to heaven because of this preaching, am I gonna be able to go? <laughs> and Don't you get caught up in you being used nowhere? Yeah. How many of you drove a car to get here? Oh, how much car? How much heaven is that car got? Isn't it bringing you to a place that's going to get you there? But what kind of salvation does it have? And I'm telling you, God will use people just like we use cars. I'm just using you to get somewhere. But this ain't about you. Them cars ain't out there listening to nothing we saying. They ain't out there flipping Bibles open or nothing. So we better learn it ain't about us. (laughs) Just because God is using us, that don't mean a thing. God, do I have a relationship with you? Does everybody see that now? So He says, "Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from Thy presence, and take not Thy holy spirit from me. Restore unto the joy of thy sal- restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation." Everybody see that? David knew something have changed in me. He paid attention. When I first started living for you and doing these great exploits for you, I had joy. Now it's a struggle for me to get up and go to church. Now it's it's a struggle to pray and to read your word. Something's not right. This ain't just me getting old in in the kingdom of God. He noticed that there was a change and he asked God return my joy return the joy that I once had because I know listen just in case you didn't know you're not gonna go far in God without having joy in God you're gonna run out of gas real fast and the devil gonna make sure that if you don't have joy serving God that's that's your key that something is off somewhere does everybody understand that? Verse 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressor, transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Does everybody see that? In other words, it, it, so you see, the, you see the progression there? If you give me joy, then I can stand up and teach. And because I'm teaching with joy, people will be converted. But ain't nobody gonna be converted if I stand up and teach and all my joy's gone. If I'm trying to live this life for you and I ain't happy about it, nobody nobody's gonna be converted if they're not convinced that I'm happy living for you. If I'm walking around like living for you got me downtrodden and it's a burden, I ain't got to worry about nobody getting converted. So you ask God, get me right first, then I can do something for you. And if I'd have had some sense a few years ago, you might've let me build that house for you. <laughs> Forgive me, God. In other words, for thinking I was in a place that I was not in, for, for setting myself on cruise control and not working out my soul's salvation with fear and trembling does everybody understand that verse 14 deliver me from what blood guiltiness does everybody see you see now he's acknowledging that lord i still got i might it might still be something there i'm telling you that's the way we better live God, I might have fooled myself. Please tell me what's going on on the inside, the parts of me that I don't see. Before I drop off into hell and take a lot of people with me for thinking that I was right. Does everybody see that now? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou, listen, for thou desireth not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. Everybody see that? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contract, that word contract means crushed. A broken and crushed heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. So now we read why David wanted to build God a house. He wanted to do it as a sacrifice. And often, in other words, a lot of times, people want to do good works as a sacrifice without offering themselves as a living sacrifice if i just keep doing good god will accept me and god is saying i I don't accept your good works does everybody understand that what do you say the sacrifices of god are a broken spirit does everybody see that does everybody see that Uh, now it's very I think it's very important we see that a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart listen stuff that you don't see notice he didn't say broken flesh Uh, people gonna be on their deathbed about to leave here with all kind of sicknesses and diseases and still be cursing not a broken flesh listen it's not brothers and sisters when your flesh get tired it's when your spirit man is tired it's when your heart is tired i'm i'm broke i'm crushed does everybody see that so the prayer david's prayer after god had told him no no you can't build me a house his prayer should have been lord Is it something on the inside of me? See, he could have prayed this at that time. But no, see, people had to die. Does everybody understand that? Before he put things in perspective. Oh, wait a minute. So killing Goliath, that's not gonna get me to heaven? Fighting all these great wars, that's not gonna get me to heaven? Me sparing Saul's life for 15 years of him trying to kill me, that's not gonna get me to heaven? No. a broken spirit and a broken and contrite or crushed heart. That's what I can work with. Does everybody understand that? Now, I, how many of you have ever seen a Lego set? Big fancy Legos. You know, now you can build, just about build houses with Legos. How many of you seen that? It's amazing what they've they, they, they moved from just little blocks, square blocks. Like when I was growing up, you, yeah, you could build a t- uh, a car when I was growing up, but the car was gonna have square tires. You just had the picture. Well, we just just try to roll it along. See. So you picture those Lego sets. So when you go out, you know you, you now you can pay hundreds of dollars for a Lego set. Now I want you to picture that in your mind. But here's the thing. So, if you bought it, aren't you the owner? Listen, when you get it, is the house already built? It's going to have 5,000 pieces in there. Broken. It's a house broken. The owner puts it together. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And listen, if we're going to let God use us, we got to come before Him broken in a million pieces i don't know what you can do with this junk but you died and paid for it you're gonna make something out of it but no we can see we can't come to god and say well god i've already i've already set up the front porch and the garage Uh, yeah (laughs) now i didn't want that there but that's how a lot of us come to God. God, I've helped you out. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Aren't you? Ha- no, I'm not happy. That's, I didn't want those. You going to tell that? You tear it down. Does everybody understand that? And listen, if we're going to continue to be used by God, we have to continue to. We have to remain in a broken state. Do you know there's a town in Texas that's known for its salt? I can't remember the name of that town. And you can go there and you can dig up some of the earth and, and you can find salt in that, in, that, uh, in that earth half the size of this podium. How many of you can use that? But you know what they do to that salt? They break it and they crush it so that it can be used by you. So you can sprinkle it in your food. It's, salt is only good when it's broken and crushed. Does everybody understand that? It's only good when it's broken and crushed. Uh, Else, you'd have to have a pot about this size to boil it down. (laughs) And we're only useful to God when we're broken and crushed. I mean, real useful. Does everybody understand that? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 18 Do good in thy good pleasure unto zion build thou the walls of jerusalem then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of what righteousness with burnt offering and whole burnt offering then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar does everybody see that so you see what he said there in verse 16 for thou desires not sacrifice else i would give it would i give it thou des- delightest delight is not in burnt offering but see, in verse 19, he says, Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with burnt offering. Does everybody see that now? You know what he's acknowledging now, what he's telling us? God, if I would have checked myself years ago, you would have let me build your house. Because then the, the, the sacrifice would have been righteous. The work would have been Right. Because I would have been doing it. I would have been doing that with a clean heart. With a pure heart. You would have let me do it. If my heart had been right. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you. That's the reason why from the jump. We need to check our hearts. Lord is my heart right? Listen. You'll only be able to ride the wave of God's will for so long. It was God's will for Goliath to die. But you can only ride that wave for so long before you really need to sit down and say, Lord, am I right? Forget about all of the great exploits you're doing in the ministry. Am I right? Does everybody see that now? Let's go to the let's go back now to the 16th chapter of 2 Samuel. So let's think about now, how do we know when we've gotten right with God? How do we know when we're broken and crushed? You know, David did not have to go through all the things he went through. And, you know, and I believe we as believers, we need to figure out when we're living this life, God, what all have you brought on me to go through? And what all have I brought on myself? King David went through a lot. He spent the first 15, 16 years of his ministry (laughs) running from an infidel. Having his first wife taken from him and given to another man. And then he got in his heart to number or to count the people in israel and then because of that god sent a plague really an angel to destroy the people and when he saw so many people getting destroyed and saw that angel with the sword getting ready to swing it again he asked god god let this be upon me he saw one of his sons commit incest and rape his daughter one of his daughters and then he saw the full brother of the daughter kill the son that raped the daughter and then he saw that same son come after his kingdom and got run out himself and then word got back to him that that same son had took some of his concubines and slept with them on his own roof in front of all of israel So now all the women done betrayed him, sleeping with my son in the presence of everybody. He saw one of his sons, the first son he had with Bathsheba, die before turning the age of three months. And he understood all of this is because of me, because I thought I was in a place that I was not. This None of this had to happen. If I had checked myself, if I had remained broken and crushed, my children wouldn't be sleeping with one another. They wouldn't be killing each other. They wouldn't be trying to kill me. I brought this on myself. And so what we read in the 51st number of Psalms was a man that have come to that conclusion. I have created my own hell to live in. I did it. Does everybody understand that? It's my fault. So now I understand I need you, God, to tell me what's on the inside of me because I could fool myself. Your word says that the heart is deceitful above all who can know it. You know it. And so since you know it, you tell me about myself. And now you understand why the devil works so hard on this generation. Where people can't tell them nothing. People trust in their own hearts. Does everybody understand that? Now you understand why the devil works so hard on this generation. Why they get so offended so quickly when they're told what's in their hearts. The devil knows As long as you stubborn hard-headed and can't nobody tell you nothing God won't be able to help you because you don't know yourself like you think you do does everybody understand that and so what we read about in the 51st number of Psalms is David is now coming to this realization I need to stay broken I need to stay crushed I need to realize in me there's no good thing I ain't doing nothing Now I see, see, up until this point, I thought I was doing good killing Goliath. I thought because God gave me the grace to do it that it was his will. I didn't know that was going to jumpstart this internal war between me and my master Saul. He wouldn't have got jealous if I had just stayed in my place. (laughs) I wouldn't have had to go to his house and play no kind of harps. To remove any evil spirits, I wouldn't have had to run out of his house when he threw a javelin at me. I stepped out of my place. If he wasn't willing to go forward, I should have asked him about it. Is this okay? Well, let me pray about it and see what God says about it, because maybe it's not Goliath's time yet. Maybe God sent him. Does everybody understand that? See, when you're young you just move ahead in your feelings and you think because god let you do a few things that god was real that was really god's will no god just didn't want you to get killed i need you later on (laughs) does everybody understand that so now he's come to the conclusion see we all if we'll keep living for god we'll get to that place where we can look back and we thought we were doing something We'll look back and we think God was with us and and God, it was God's will. We'll look back and we'll see. No, okay, God, that was just your grace and mercy keeping me alive. I jumped into a fire wasn't meant for me to jump into. So I I can't go around bragging that God didn't let me get burnt in the fire. (laughs) Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, when you get to a certain age, you, you stop thinking through your own cocky brain. Through your own arrogance. You get rid of that brashness. You begin to walk in more wisdom. Does everybody understand that? So let's see now. Let's, 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 let's see what broken and, uh, broken and contrite spirit look like. A broken and crushed spirit. Is everybody there? The second, second Samuel 16th chapter? Let's start reading at verse 5. And when, Now, this is after King David had been ran out of his kingdom. And when King David came to Beth Barom, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of who now? Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. Does that sound familiar? Who else was cursing? Goliath? But let's see if David got a a spare rock somewhere. Let's see if he got a a spare slingshot. Go and keep reading. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord had delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a what? Isn't that the same thing God called him? Let's go and keep reading. Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my Lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with thee, ye sons of Zariah? So let him curse. Everybody see that? This is a different David, huh? Couldn't stand in here cursing before. What? Who is this Philistine? This uncircumcised man standing here defying the armies of God? Isn't that what he was saying? Yeah, young and brash and arrogant and cocky. Does everybody see that? <laughs> now what is he saying? Let him curse. What up? you be be quiet what i got to do with you well look what it says because the lord has said unto him curse david who shall then say wherefore hast thou done so you think the lord wasn't saying unto goliath cuss the armies of israel david didn't know it david was just thinking with his brain he wasn't broken and crushed yet so he was just brash and just willing to run into whatever see now he's got some wisdom why because that wisdom came because he realized god i ain't where i thought i was let me sit down somewhere let me examine all of my past actions okay lord you break me does everybody understand that give me some sense about life When you're young, you got all that energy, all that strength. That's your first first instinct is to rush into war. Or you can be like Jesus Christ. You can have the devil around you all the time and it not bother you. I ain't got to make war with you because I know what's on the inside of you. Does everybody understand that? I'm going to live my life and pray for you. (laughs) Does everybody understand that now? You see, he's a different man. That's what broken and crushed look like. We ain't gonna just 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 run into something real fast. Let's see what God says about it. Oh, wait a minute. God says for him to curse me. This is a part of my lot. He commanded him to do that. Does everybody understand that? But see, when you're brash and arrogant, uh, thus said God, I'm the head and not the tail. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 telling the devil what you ain't gonna go through when god is the one that set the whole thing up no none of us could have been Job. we wouldn't have went we'd have been cursing all kind of devils devil in the name of jesus if you don't get out of my flesh by his stripes i'm healed yeah when god say so well for now you're gonna go through something does everybody understand that? <laughs> Let's go and keep reading. Verse 11. And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son which came forth of my bowels seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamin do it? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. Everybody see that? In other words, I ain't worried about that. I got some other stuff going on. Verse 12, it may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. Does everybody see that? And as David and his man went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. Does everybody see that? You know, and David just went right along with it. David didn't try to run from him. You know why? He was broken and crushed. He, it, all of this is in his mind. I thought I asked. I, can you believe? I actually had the nerve to ask God if I could build him a house. What was I going to do but fornicate in it? I'd have built him a house and I'd have brought Bathsheba right to it. I'm not right. So you know what this, see, when you put things in perspective, this little bitty stuff, it, it ain't gonna bother you no more. I got my son trying to take my life. What is, what is it that this man cursing at me? That ain't the same. Does everybody understand that? But When you listen, when you young and brash, anything is a fight. All it's got to do is not be moving in the same direction you moving in. And it's a fight. When you're broken, you pick and choose. God it, it, do you want me? Okay, well, I'll be still. You handle it. Does everybody see that? No, I'm not gonna make war with people. You know, and, and people when you when you get my age and stuff, younger people they look at you and they think, Well, you know, you ain't you ain't got it like you used to have it. You right. And I'm glad. Because <laughs> when I used to have it, I was sitting in jail. <laughs> does everybody understand that i don't want it and one of these days you're gonna be glad to lay it down <laughs> so we have to ask ourselves now let's think about our spiritual life from the time we are born it's god's job to break us to crush us and when we give our lives to the lord he takes his word And he shoots it out there to break us and to crush us. We read about a man, King Saul, who did not allow God to break and crush him. He wasn't humble enough. And my question to you is, what are you doing during this breaking and crushing process? Are you fighting against God? All throughout God's word, it gives us instructions on how to behave when somebody does this to us. That's a part of the breaking and crushing. He tells us literally, if somebody come and smite you on the right cheek, turn the other also to him. Why? So I can finish crushing you. Now, if you can't do that, it's it's, it's a sign that you ain't crushed yet. Now, he wasn't just speaking. This wasn't some, some figurative speech that he was doing. He meant that literally. Listen, and everything in between. Does everybody understand that? So if a man come up to you. So let's think about this. If a man come up to you. And hit you on your face. What is your first instinct? God tells us what the first ought to be. You think about what cheek he hit, and and not keep that one. So because that one's always bru- already bruised. This is my good side anyway. No, you turn the other one to him. That's supposed to be our first instinct. If it's not, we ain't broken and crushed yet. Now, let me say this. (laughs) If can't nobody tell you something, somebody in authority, without you getting your feelings hurt about it and without you going, you're not ready to turn nobody's cheek nowhere. That's the in-between. If you can't be told something without even thinking something in your mind, I don't receive that Oh, that seemed like that was kind of you're not ready to turn the cheek. You'll fight. That means you're not broken and crushed. And I'm telling you, the process goes easier when you let God do what he want to do in your life. Everything you're going through is by God's design to break and crush you. And if you fight against it, you fighting against God. Does everybody understand that? That's what happened to King David. He was fighting against God and didn't know it. And then God had to let him know that this is what happens. Folks die. Your family get affected because you wouldn't let me break and crush you. Does everybody understand that? So we'll end it with this. Hell was created for people who refused to be broken and crushed. The Bible says in that day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's not just people on top of the earth. That's people that's in hell as well. Every, in other words, we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. We can either agree with the breaking and crushing on this side and, and go on into the kingdom of God. Or we can keep fighting against it. And then get broken for real. In hell, does everybody understand that? Hell'll break you. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, uh, you gonna know on that on that side. God meant what He said. Now everybody's gonna be broken. <laughs> but if you know like I know, you better choose to get broken on this side. Quit fighting against God. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, people, they come, people want prayer, people want forgiveness, they want all of that. Do you know in the Bible when God confronted David using the prophet Nathan, God told him you're forgiven for that. But forgiveness does not equal brokenness. It does not equal being crushed. So let me make this clear. God will forgive you all day long. But that don't equal you being where you need to be in him. Does everybody understand that? And if you want to know, see, uh, we're, you know, we've turned it into a light thing. Will you forgive me for this? Will you forgive me for that? If we, if we do that, because some of us aren't even there yet to ask for forgiveness for nothing. It's somebody else's fault. But if we've made it there, where we've added asking for forgiveness to our vocabulary, that's still not enough. We still need to ask God, God, what was it? What is the why behind the what? I don't just want forgiveness. I want to know why I keep doing the same stuff over and over again. A lot of us, we don't care about the why. I just want to know I'm in right standing right now so that I can have freedom and go out and do it again. If you wanna know whether or not you're broken and crushed, or uh, whether or not you're ready, cause see, uh, people, they, they, they'll they come and they'll ask for forgiveness, they'll ask for forgiveness over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you, you'll, you'll ride that job to hell. God will forgive you. And we as believers, we're commanded to forgive when people ask for forgiveness but that don't equal change when people keep having to ask for forgiveness it's because they have not been broken and crushed and are not interested in changing and what happens is over time our asking for forgiveness it actually turns into witchcraft and manipulation does everybody understand that let me manipulate you into thinking that i'm trying to change But a week from now, I'm going to be asking you for forgiveness for the same thing. See, God deals with the inward part. Not with how you're trying to appear to be, but the inward part. That inward part ain't broken and crushed yet. If it was, you'd change. See, after this, after David wrote the 51st number of Psalms, and after we see him going about, we don't see him doing anything else contrary to the word of God. He lived the rest of his life living for God with his whole heart. You know why? Because he come to the conclusion, God, I've examined my life and I see I've been acting in flesh. I thought I was doing something. I thought because you delivered me out of the hands of my enemies that I was walking upright before you. But I was not. It's clear that I wasn't because I slept with a man's wife. I had the man killed. My life proved that I was not where I thought I was. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you today, our children ain't got to sleep with each other. They ain't got to kill each other. We ain't got to watch a war in our home before we break ourselves. Before we crush ourselves. Does everybody understand that? God don't want his people to be deceived. Does everybody understand? I've been in the ministry this December, if the Lord will, it'll be 27 years. And I still don't think I'm anywhere. I wake up every day like the devil can get me. (laughs) Does everybody understand that? I wake up every day as if the devil's got a trap for me and it is still possible for me to go to hell. And I'm going to act like I got some brand new mercies today. Not like it's just there anyway. Just It's just there all the time anyway. I'm, I'm going to act like the devil's got a trap set for me. I'm going to walk humbly before God so he don't let me fall into that trap. I'm going to act like I ain't got nowhere. I, I, I ain't even on nobody's measuring stick. I ain't trying to measure where I am. God, as long as I'm in you, just, am I okay with you? Okay, well That's all that matters to me. I don't care what I look like to anybody else. Does everybody understand that? If if one day is as a thousand years as in a thousand years as one day with God, I ain't been preaching but a split second. (laughs) So what does that mean to you? Does everybody understand? I'm telling you, we got to get to that place where all of our being is resting in God. In him, we move, we live, and we have our being. In him, we do that. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you spoke today. God, we ask that you will tuck these things into our hearts, Lord. Lord, we ask that you will break us, Lord, and that you will continue to crush us so that we can be moldable for you lord so that we can be who you've called us to be help us lord not to be on cruise control help us god to continue down the path you've called us to go down lord help us to continue to judge ourselves to examine ourselves lord to see whether or not we are in the faith help us lord not to get relaxed in this walk but help us lord to be always on alert knowing that we have an enemy and lord it's you and only you that can deliver us from that enemy give us a mind lord to serve you with our whole hearts and not excuse our behavior because of the works that we do for you lord we thank you for your grace and mercy we thank you for preaching this truth to us help us lord to always be in our hearts and our minds in the name of jesus christ we pray amen All right, brothers and sisters. If that's all now, we pray that everyone receive the prayer today. And if that's all now, we'll go ahead and dismiss you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.